Dry your eyes, my little friend Let me take you by the hand Freddy, get ready Rock steady When Johnny strikes up the band They'll be rocking in the project Walking down along the strand Freddy, get ready Rock steady When Johnny strikes up Band. Johnny strikes up the band When Johnny strikes up the wind Johnny strikes up the wind Johnny strikes up the band Hello. <laughs> it's my usual intro. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hello, and welcome to Potato Thumbs Podcast. Uh, this is Cliff Spab, the uh, guest on the show, who's doing the intro. Uh, and we're here uh, with one Fluffy Fingers MD. Fluffy, how are, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, I just looked at my phone and my wife bought $15 nail restoring cream. So I'm indifferent at the moment. How are you? Is it toenail or swing or I'd, fingernail? Fuck, I, does it even matter? Like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> um, anyways, glad you're here. Uh, also with us <laughs> is uh, the usual uh, host, uh, the other one, uh, Mr. Admiral Nips. Uh, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I am doing well. A little exhausted, but uh, I know that with this group, the energy will be there and I'll come back. That's good. And how, how are your plates tonight? Your plates are good. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for the fucking mailman. It's like 200 <laughs> pounds of uh, plates sitting on my front porch that I just carried in. I'm like, that poor asshole. I had to carry these up to my house. <laughs> Amazon free delivery. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also with us tonight, we have one uh, Chuck Likes Pizza. Chuck, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. Excellent. A splendid evening. How's the, how's the coffee? It's good. It's perfect. <clears throat> That's good. Uh, so tonight we're, uh, I guess we're doing a podcast. Uh, as per usual, like recently, we've been doing this thing where we talk about like albums. Uh, so tonight I, they had me pick an album and, um, you know, I was like thinking about what to pick. Uh, cause I was trying to do something that, you know, people would like, um, you know, it's generally what I'm trying to do. And so I, and, but instead, I picked this other album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I went with uh, the, and what we're going to talk about tonight is Warren Zevon's album, Excitable Boy. It was a second album. Uh, and the main reason I picked it is because um, the cover artwork for this is my fourth grade picture. Uh, and I don't know how they got it because the album came out 10 years before I was in fourth grade. But nonetheless, they put my picture on there. And so I'm like, I figure I'll talk about it on podcast someday. You know what I mean? I feel really bad about my show notes now um, because I literally have a show note that says album artwork, fucking creeper. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not, I swear to God, I have a picture of me. It looks exactly like that with glasses, long hair and a turtleneck. Did you have those transition <laughs> glasses, though, that are like slightly tinted? Like, did, so, 
back then, like back when I was a kid, you'd get glasses and they're like, oh, you want a little bit of tint? Like they would be like, you want something to like help protect the sun? You're like, yeah. And then you'd get them and they'd be like pink. And you're like, I fucking pink glasses now. Like it's bad enough I got glasses as a kid, which I guess nowadays glasses are cool. But back then they weren't as cool. And uh, and then you get pink glasses. It's just like all over. So I just didn't wear them or see the board and stuff. Um, but nonetheless, I wore them for a picture, I think, at one point. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, all right. So we talked about this Warren Zevon album. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. So I just want to so I'm put things in context for a second. So um, this album is, it's a fairly short album. It's about nine songs. Uh, it's like 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Uh, and it's very like, it sounds very sort of um, uh, like sort of bubblegum pop, piano driven kind of Billy Joel style music in, in a way. Um, but at the same time, it's the uh, lyrics and music the uh, lyrics are kind of amazing. Um, a lot of weird, repetitive like structures and stuff. And the context, I was trying to look up the best way to describe it, and I came up with that it's a mix of uh, cynical bullshit and checked out shallowness. <laughs> um, which, because uh, I'm like I'm like a 40 year old guy, and like I'm like I get it, man. I sort of feel that way now. So I'm, I'm like all on board. But um, and then one other thing, I just wanted to set the stage for. Okay, so. So this album was released in 1978. <clears throat> and so it's like the 70s, right? So, you know, written all through the early 70s and 60s and, and this 40 years ago. Um, so it's you know, totally different time. So just to set the time and place, just to talk about what life was like in the 70s. Um, you have to keep in mind that, you know, at the time, um, you know, the country was getting over like, you know, we, we were all kind of getting over this like war that we had fought like about 10 years before that like everybody was kind of pissed off about and turned out was like a really bad idea. You know, it was like Vietnam at the time. Um, <clears throat> you know, there was all this like optimism in the 60s and then people became disillusioned later and stuff. In the 70s, everyone was like, all this peace and love stuff doesn't really work. There was a huge, you know, drug epidemic, uh, heroin, you know, opioids, things like that. Um, the president had recently been impeached for abuse of power. Insane. And then the decade ends with a military crisis in Iran. So it's like a really very different time than we live in nowadays. Um, and so it's just, you know, you got to like really set the stage for, uh, you know, kind of what life was like then. You were, how, how this album comes together. So. You're a goddamn genius. My God, man. My God. Is important, man. Fucking, I love you. Gotta, I love you more things, than words can expel. In the time and place when they, when they're created, you know, there, there's, you know, time, times change. Allegedly. Time is a flat circle, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, bravo on, on that. That was amazing. Um, I, 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 I saw this album and I started listening to it. And I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. Like, what is going on? You know, but it sounded familiar. Like it had that, it has that, it has like a really like nice flow to it. And then track four came on. And everybody knows track four. And everybody knows track four. And I'm like, oh. And it, it's funny because um, track four is uh, Werewolves in, of London. And um, it like changed my perception of the album. Once track four came on, and I actually stopped it and went back to the beginning and then restarted it to listen through again. So it's funny, like that, just that that context or that tie to it. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, okay. All right. Now I need a fresh set of like ears to listen to this album. So yeah, this album was uh, on the short list when I picked the Clash uh, two picks ago. It was a toss up between this album and the Clash's album, uh, and actually for sort of similar reasons. In that the Clash got me. The reason I bought that album when I was a kid was for London Calling, and then it turned out it wasn't one of my favorite songs on the album. And with this one, with Excitable Boy, I bought it because, I mean, everybody knows Werewolves of London. I'm like, man, I love that song. I should get the album. So I bought the album. And now, you know, after listening to the album, Werewolves of London, not one of the top three songs on that album for me. Oh, that's is interesting. Kind of hilarious. Okay, I'm excited to go through this then because I want to like, know what so, you really so, like. So, Rob, whenever you say in ter- like bought the album, you mean like an actual album, like a record, or you mean, mean like on CD. tape or CD? So, so CD. you bought the actual so CD. So, like 96, so, 97, I bought the CD. Okay. So, like that's cool, man. Middle of high school. Like, whenever, anytime, any, any, whenever you talk about somebody's affinity for a specific album or a specific genre of music, like context is so important, man, because like, Music can trans can transport you back to that time, mm-hmm. and um, like unlike any other medium for me personally, and um, yeah, to say yeah, I, I remember I bought the CD in 1996. That's cool, man. Yeah, and I mean, at that point in time in my life, I was an asshole country music fan. Um, so God, this was like one it. of the non-country music CDs I bought at that time, and we'll say it was my gateway drug into better music. Hey, there you go. Excellent. So a country music fan in 1996. Yeah, shitty country. Like, like that's like Garth Brooks Garth bullshit. Brooks, man. That, that yeah. Brooks and Dunn. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yep, exactly. Fucking <laughs> Chatty Hoochie. Thank God I was never an Alan Jackson fan. I thought you were going to say, thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> All right, I feel like we've uh, we <laughs> wandered off the path here to bag on my terrible music taste as a high okay. schooler. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, I listen to great music in high school, but uh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I never bought like a CNC music album, you know, or a CNC music factory album. I had that album, like, dude. <laughs> um, um, okay. Well, we all make mistakes. I mean, dude, think about all the people listening to this episode right now. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> dude, they're listening on purpose, man. <laughs> you know, just stumble onto this shit, dude. Um, so should we start at the beginning of the, yeah. uh, the album? Yeah, I thought we could just like walk through it because it's pretty short. So there's not like right. a ton of songs. Um, and I think the... The way it's laid out. So I'm going to try to make the case the way it's laid out is like intentional and like thoughtful, but I'm not actually sure. I think they were all just like drunk and on coke and stuff, but, um, <laughs> but I'm going to pretend like they're like real music artists when they did it. It could be both. Um, yeah. I mean, they actually have people that, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't have liner notes for this album. I couldn't tell you like what label it was on or like what type of like budget went into it, but they actually have like an executive producer. That's their job is to determine the, the order of the songs. Yeah. I think it was Island Records or something like that. I don't know how much say. I know that the the big um the big um uh, single was uh, Worlds of London, and it's fun. And I think Warren Zevon was like super pissed about that because he's like he's like oh that song's so dumb, you know. But, um, <laughs> well, but you know what is he now? It's so. currently owned by Rhino Entertainment, uh, Warner Music. I think it was originally Island Island Records back yeah. then. I don't know. That's all. It's- but uh, yeah, oh yeah. So the, anyway, the album starts off. The first song is called "Johnny Strikes Up the Band," 
It's like two minutes, 50 seconds, pretty short. Um, and the opening, so it starts off a little piano medley. And then the opening lines are, dry your eyes, my little friend, let me take you by the hand. Dry your eyes, my little friend, let me take you by the hand. Freddy, get ready, rock steady, when Johnny strikes up the band. They'll be rocking in the project, walking down along the strand. Ready, get ready, rock steady when Johnny strikes up the band. There's 25 lines in the song. Half of them are Warren Zevon singing when Johnny strikes up the band. Um, and the song itself is about the Johnny Carson show and settling in to watch the Johnny Carson show to like feel better about yourself, which was what America did in 1978. Yeah. Because there wasn't anything else on TV at 11 o'clock, I don't think. I know. Back back um, when you had to watch whatever was on TV at night. And Carson was bit like I remember even as a kid, like the next day, like you'd try to stay up and watch like the uh, monologue. And then like you'd talk about it the next day in school. Like that was like a thing like, oh, that's what Johnny Carson said. Yeah. Um. Anyway. But yeah, so I don't have a lot else to say about this. It's kind of like a real sort of like bubblegum pop tune, like easy going. It's like. It's kind of like a Billy Joel song. I kind of feel like. I think it's a, a it's a really good start to the to the album though, like it. It's a very like mellow intro. You know what mm. I mean? Like it eases you into the album. I think. <clears throat> yeah, because it gets heavy, in a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I'm glad you counted like the number of lines because there's like one little section in the song uh, where, basically, he's. Uh, of the lines that aren't Johnny strikes up the band, it's the other half of the lyrics, basically in like one 12 second <laughs> window. Uh, and it's just like, so you're like the slow musical and like him singing Johnny strikes up the band a million times. And then he comes in with the backup singers and then like six lines right in a succession. And then there's still another minute and a half of the song where he says, Johnny strikes up the band about 10 more times. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of amuses me. And Johnny is my main man. He's the keeper of the keys. You put your mind at ease. He's guaranteed to please. Backed by popular demand. Look around, my little friend. Jubilation in the land. Ready, get ready. Rock steady. When Johnny strikes up. Yeah, and it feels almost like an intro skit, like you get on a, on some albums, and a lot of because it's so short. Um. Uh, anyway, so that song, anyway, so that leads into the second song, which is kind of one of the one of the three or four like heavier songs, like more mm-hmm. like depth dome. Uh, <laughs> the with, also has one of the best title, well, the second best title in the album, but it's uh, Rollin' the Headless Thompson Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> Sun with a Thompson gun for hire, fighting to be done. The deal was made in Denmark on a dark and stormy day. So he set out for Biafra to join the bloody fray. 
This is my favorite song. song on the album. Um, yeah, is so it? It, it? It's not even really close. Oh, it is good too. It, so it's a Cold War ballad. Yep. Uh, about a um, mercenary who gets hired to fight in the, in the Nigerian Civil War in the late 1960s, um, who gets betrayed by his colleague Van Owen, um, who blows off his head. And then he become and then he becomes a headless zombie who exacts revenge on uh, powers that be all over the world. As so, he becomes ro- so instead of rolling the Thompson Gunner. So one of the coolest things about the song I like is the chorus in the beginning is rolling the Thompson Gunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and then once he gets his head blown off, it's rolling the headless Thompson Gunner. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and the other thing is this song was actually written with this guy, Dave Lindell, who, uh, I guess, um, Warren Zevon, well, he was like, a, he owned a bar that Warren Zevon would hang out in. And he was a former mercenary who fought in the Nigerian civil war and helped them write the song. <laughs> so he's like, wrote it about it like an actual dude. So do you think that they went with the name Roland, um, because it like kind of also like a play on the words roll in? Like bring in the headless Thompson gunner, you know what I mean? Like maybe I don't, I, I, don't, I tried I, to find where it came from, and I could not. Like I was like, oh, maybe it's from. I was thinking it had to do with like the Dark Tower, like Roland Deshane, dude, but that book came out later. Dude, dude, that's what I was thinking. That that was the first thing when I saw the title of the song. I immediately like had. I thought it was like a Dark Tower reference because because Roland the headless Thompson gunner, like it sounds like. In the third book, The Wastelands, there's this one section of it where there's this uh this character, David Quick, and like he's in this this um this like World War Two fighter plane and he crashes, right? And like it, it, and, like there's this like saying and so and so fell Lord Perth. It's like a section of this this book where they just stumble on this this uh this wrecked World War Two plane and shit. And like I was thinking like like Roland, you automatically think the Dark Tower, Headless Thompson Gunner, like you automatically think like of that section of the drawing of the three. It's kind of a great. Oh no, yeah, was it drawing of three? No, 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 no. It was uh, the wastelands. Just the, the wastelands. Book. Yeah, yeah. But that's immediately what I thought, and I was like, "What the hell that's is right. this? A is this a reference to that book?" And I was like, "Wait, no, that book didn't come out till like way after the fact." So I was thinking, is Stephen King referencing this song? But I don't think it's that. I think it's just a strange coincidence. Yeah, it's just a name that doesn't pop up often. But like the two places I know it are the Dark Tower and the song. And I'm like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, I really, it's a cool song. It, it has like a different vibe like, to it. The piano in the background while he's singing is like playing the notes like on the syllables of the song. So as he's like singing along and the the piano is like emphasizing the the accents of the lyrics he's singing and it's really it like fits together really nicely cuz you got all the other instruments playing just like the normal beat and then the piano is like doing the lyrics while he's singing the lyrics. Roland was a warrior 
from the land of the midnight sun with a Thompson gun for hire fighting to be done the deal was made in Denmark on a dark and stormy day so he set out for Biafra to join the bloody fray through 66 and 7 they fought the Congo war with their fingers on their triggers band to to their knees they killed to earn their living and to help out the Congolese Roland the Thompson Gunner <clears throat> and also one other cool thing and he kind of does this in a bunch of songs on here is so he has these repetitive choruses he's like rolling the Thompson Gunner rolling the Thompson he kind of yeah. says it three or four times in a row uh, and it sounds good when he does it like I can't do it and then, but at one point, he just throws in talking about the man, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he does that through, like, in every song, he, like, throws in this, like, one line, like, in the middle of the chorus, like, thir- like a third of the way through, two-thirds of the way through or something, that just, like, totally, like, nah, just, like, makes the song. Rolling the headless Thompson gunner. Rolling the headless Thompson gunner. Uh, he just like changes up just that little bit, like tweaks it, like just keeps it from getting too stale, I guess. I don't know. But um, it's it's cool, though. It's cool to see the creativity and like the choruses um, back in the day, like in in the late 70s with like this album, because if this album would have come out like today, the chorus would be the same throughout the entire fucking song. Like you don't see that transition of people like changing the chorus as the story changes through the through mm-hmm. the actual song and then throwing in like this other stuff or it's not as common maybe I should say yeah and he just tells this story like the whole song is essentially telling the story of this guy Roland um, I mean a lot of the stuff on here there's not a lot of lyrics and this one it's not super like there's not a ton of stuff he says but it's very succinctly tells this whole story oh yeah it's a clear story at the end yeah, and then yeah, and he kind of like ties it in with like everything else, the current events um, of the world at the time. Mm-hmm. And when he wrote this, I mean, the war he's talking about took place ten. It was the late sixties, and he wrote it, and so he was like alive when this was going on. And it was, so the uh, Nigerian Civil War, I looked this up, was um, after a bunch of like so Nigeria and um, uh, the Congo and a few other countries got. They basically were like colonies, like the Netherlands and stuff, and then they broke away and got free. And so they immediately started fighting each other for like control and everything. And so like there was like the Nigeria was a country and then this group in there, the Biafrans, were trying to like break away and create a country called Biafra and stuff. So that's what all these like civil wars were. And it was like super bloody for like a long time in the 60s. And I think maybe even, you know, like even nowadays, right? You hear about the stuff. I mean, like in the 90s and all, they had the same yeah, sort of thing. Rwanda's not that far into the past. Yeah. So it's, it's singing about that kind of stuff. Um, which, you know, in a lot of ways was the, it's again this like imperial legacy of like because a lot of this i'm saying this is like a cold war album man <laughs> like and this is like a legacy of like that sort of like 
like post-colonial Cold War era where people are like fighting over these like spots of dirt and like oil lands and stuff like that. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so rolling the headless tops. So we start off with this Johnny strikes up the band, pop of gum, you know, let's all watch TV and ignore the world. Yeah. And then we sing a song about how like, like, I don't know, this like in-depth song about like Cold War, you know, the CAA assassinated the guy. So it's like, it's, pretty depthful and then we go into song number three which is actually my favorite song on here it's a really good one uh excitable boy so partly is because i swear to god people called me an excitable boy when i was a kid (laughs) and i remember like when i would hear it i because i don't always listen to lyrics i just like it's it's like real catchy it's like super upbeat tune right no music you would think it's an upbeat song super happy linda ronstadt singing backup vocals like (laughs) you know there's like there's a uh, Bruce Springsteen sax solo in there, pretty much. Um, and then, like, you know, you stand and listen to the lyrics, and you're like, what the? So I, I just wanted to, because again, not a lot of lyrics. I just, I just want to go through them real quick for the people at home. But uh, yeah, and I uh, think I think it's important to mention, though, like, both songs are mellow up until this song. And the, yeah. like, this song, like, ticks it up. Like, this, and, this, and the music starts piano off. on this one is so ridiculously upbeat and high paced. Yes. It's, it sounds, I mean, the music, it's, the music is the same as Johnny Strikes with the Band. It's that same upbeat, happy, let's do it. And then he starts singing and he starts off, right? He says, okay. Uh, he's like, well, he came down to dinner in his Sunday best, which is like nice, right? And then he rubbed the pot roast all over his chest. And each time he says it, they're like, he's an excitable boy, right? In between each line. Um, so, you know, pot roast, it's kind of weird, right? And then, you know, he took in a 4 a.m. show at the Clark, which, whatever, okay, that's cool. Uh, he bit the usherette's leg in the dark, which is like, okay, like a little weird, right? But still like, you know, just like excitable boy, right? Fun kid. Uh, at which point they break into the the sax solo, and Linda Ronstadt comes in and starts singing like do 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 do. And then you know, then it's like uh, he took little Susie to the junior prom, which is nice, right? Like that's nice. Uh, and then he raped her and killed her, and then took her home. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like what the fuck? What is it? Snaps real quick right there. Excitable boy, just excited. And then they get back into like the backing vocals, still super upbeat. Completely as if this is like a happy song. Uh, uh, ten after ten long years, they let him out of the home. Which, by the way, so he's junior prom. That's what, like 14, 15, 16 maybe. So this is like like he's now twenty five, twenty six. Excitable boy getting out of the getting out of the home. Like doesn't even go to jail. Uh, and you're like, okay, well, this, at this point, the song's pretty fucked up. And you're like, well, where is this going to go from here? Well, the last, not the last line, but the last verse type line is. Uh, so after 10 long years, they let him out of the home. And so he dug up her grave and built a cage with her bones. And then, the, and then they go back in Excitable Boy and all this upbeat poppy stuff. And then the song ends. <laughs> right. It Just is like, a dark fucking song. It is so dark. And, it's so and crazy, dude. Even explaining it, you think like, oh, man, this is like a Nine Inch Nails song. It's like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is the happiest tune you've ever heard with this dude singing this. Just an excitable boy. After ten long years, they let him out of the home. Excitable boy, they all 
And it's also the title song on the album, which yeah, couldn't have yeah. couldn't have helped, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, this is one of my. I just remember like hearing it. Like I first a couple times I heard it, I was just like, "Oh, what a great song! Excitable boy, what a nice kid!" You know, like because that's what you're thinking if you're not paying close attention. And then all of a sudden you pay attention to what he's saying, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, like I can't call people excitable boy anymore. <laughs> um. Anyway, so this is one of my just for that 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 experience of like actually hearing what he was singing about, even though I didn't hear it the first couple of times, really burned the song into my brain. Um, and that, it's just, it's so, I can't stress how upbeat and, yeah, just how upbeat this song is for being about uh, basically a serial killer um, who gets away with it and then gets to go do it again. It's, you know, it, remind, <clears throat> it reminded me of, um, what's the um, American Psycho? Where the dude's just like a total crazy guy killing people. And then like everything yeah, goes ballistic. And like he just like everything's like falling apart. And he goes home. And he's like, and he just like leaves it all and goes home and like hides in his house. And then comes out and like everyone's like, oh, how you doing? No big deal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and he goes back to work. So it reminds me of that movie a little bit. Dude, I didn't watch that movie for a long time. And then I saw it like recently. And it was like, oh, man, it's a weird fucking movie. Yeah. Um. So then, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chuck. I was just saying nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was cutting you off. Uh. So then we go into the one that everyone knows. Even if you don't know it, you know it from that crappy Kid Rock song in like 2009. Kid Rock did a. <laughs> what did he do? He Are did the it? that Sweet Home Alabama song, but he used the Werewolves of London beat. Oh, did he? Yeah, it's Ooh. like All Summer Long is the name of it, or something like that. So, like, huh. every time, I still to this day, I'll be flipping through the radio stations and I'll hear Werewolves of London. I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet, it's going to be Werewolves of London. And then it's that crappy-ass Kid Rock song, and I'm just, like, oh, doubly disappointed because it's not Werewolves of London and it's fucking Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah, Wait, did Sweet Home Alabama too. over the Werewolves of London beat? That's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the, the chorus is, like, singing Sweet Home Alabama all summer long. <laughs> I think Warren Zevon, he would have appreciated that, I think. <laughs> he would have been, been like, yeah, I, I, got, I got it. <laughs> I like this song. I like this song really a lot. It is. It's a really good song. Like, I think there's a reason that this was like uh, a hit song. Obviously, like it just. <sighs> I don't know. Um, and it's maybe mental picture it paints. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He does. He's a good storyteller. I think. Like in in all these songs, like I think I think they did a good job. Even even if there isn't a lot of lyrics, like they do a good job of, of making a story of, of helping you visualize things as you know the song's going on um but yeah it totally like instantly brought me back to um 
like when I was younger and doing construction jobs with my dad and his friends, like roofing houses and doing siding and all that construction stuff, you know, because they bring like a shitty radio and set it up on the roof and just play like, you know, classic rock or whatever. And so this played almost every single day that we were, you know, working <laughs> on houses. So <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those songs everybody like knows, but maybe doesn't know they know. Until yeah, yeah. like oh that's, yeah, that's how that's what hit for me. Like I heard it, I was like, oh, okay, I've heard this song before, and then I was immediately reminded of um, a story of, of, of Erica. Like she was um, telling me, like this song came on one time, and she was singing it, but she was singing like a different, like like different lyrics in the chorus. So instead of like saying werewolves of London, she was saying bears in Albuquerque. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, like, no, no. it's like that's not. She was like, no. Because I guess, like, one time she was out with her cousin Carlos. They were out hanging out, drinking or whatever. And, like, around that time, there were, like, several, like, bear sightings. Like, in Albuquerque, like, these bears are coming down from the mountains and, like, finding their way onto golf courses and backyards and shit. <laughs> and so, like, it was, like, topical on the news or whatever. And they're all driving around all fucked up or whatever. And they're, like, just singing bears in Albuquerque. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, so this is the song that she was talking about. And I said, I was like, okay, I've heard this before. But, yeah. No, I really like that. It, it was it's a good one too. I like the uh, yeah, that like distorted background guitar that goes into the bridge or like the solo at the end. That's really cool. Like kind of comes in subtly, and then it goes to, like a full blown solo. That was a good one. overall like i love like, the sound of the album like yes 1978 is like the golden era of like recording and mixing like that shit is so like on point from a technical standpoint like the mixing for the each song throughout the entire album is like so on point like so balanced um like if you listen to each song like there was an analogy with that with that, that um that i learned about in school and it's kind of like you think of your mix in like a 3d environment like almost like a box right so like your left to right your horizontal axis i guess is like the panning right like the stereo sounds left and right from left to right to middle you want to fill all the spaces like the the top to bottom is like your tones like your bass tones are down low your hi-hats are up high and your vocals are in the middle and you're trying to fill the space right like you don't want to have any empty spaces and then the front to back, like a 3D box, like from forward to back is like how loud something is or how much like reverb it has in the back. And it, 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 it like paints like an audio like picture when you listen to it. And throughout the entire album, like each song is just mixed like so great. It's like there's no like dead space. You know what I mean, like everything has balance and everything just makes so much sense. Like sonically, it's great. Um. Can you imagine mixing this shit, Chuck, with reels? Oh, dude. And taping it together and like like can you imagine like not mixing this digitally? Like <laughs> it blows my fucking mind to think about what they put together. Yeah. I mean, but, but I, I like the not just that, but like the overall like production elements of it, like like how it's not just Guitar, bass, drums, vocals. Like, there's so yeah, much more. Than just there that. is, yeah. Like, like, there's songs with harps. There's a harpsichord in a couple of them. You can hear, like, 
some synth some like synth sounds but like in the late 70s they didn't actually have like digital or like actual analog synthesizers really like they used uh, mellotron was the thing which is basically like that the analog answer to like synthesizers back then which is like a tape based keyboard so like it looks like a piano or a keyboard but each key uh, you're basically playing a sample from an actual tape an actual tape recording like different tapes so like, and it would just adjust the pitch based on what key you're playing so like there's flutes in there that aren't actual flutes but they, they're, they're like synth flutes it's like mellotron it's like 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 the beatles really into that shit in the late 60s so um but the, like all the different types of instrument uh instruments they're using like the the use of background vocals is very tasteful and like well done and like definitely part of that era you know what i mean that whole like like that Fleetwood Mac style, like background vocals, and they, they would come in, like Linda Ross that you said earlier. Um, it was really good. I liked it, and um, it wasn't like it wasn't every song, but it was like tasteful. It was done like to emphasize certain parts of it. Yeah, the the flows, uh, the songs are different, but they flow very well, and they 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 complement each other well. I think in this. It's not yeah. like Warren Zevon has the greatest singing voice of all time. Yeah, Far that's what I was thinking about. But when I was thinking about, I was listening to it. Like he sounds, like not the way he delivers the vocal performance or like the inflection he uses. Like he's like, he means what he's saying, but his vocal tone overall, he sounds like he's bored. You know what I mean? Like mm. he's just disinterested and like, like with his voice, not like how he says it, but I guess like his tone. And like right. it wasn't until like the last song uh, that he actually like it's the first time he actually sounds like he's interested in what he's singing about. Yeah, I, and I think part of that plays really well because there's so much going on sonically be around him. You know, <clears throat> his I don't know disinterested might not be, but like sort of a monotone. Yeah, it's almost like a yeah, talking, delivery, like a talking yeah. style. Yeah. yeah, he's got a talking. After the Tom Waits album we listened to last time, it's not quite talking. No, yeah. no, but it, it's <laughs> it's always legitimately talks the entire time. It right? almost <laughs> reminds me of like 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 almost like a CCR vibe, which makes yeah. sense, right? So it's interesting with the music too, because he so at the time like he wasn't that well known, but he was like a musician's musician. Like all the big time people like knew about him, and he had like a lot of respect from folks. So he had like Jackson Brown produce the album. He had like Mick Fleetwood, I think, was like played drums on this and stuff like that. And um, like Linda Rodstad, I say. So but all the band members and like the producers and stuff like he had like all these like big time people were like helping him out make this album. So I think that's part of why it sounds as good as it does is he just had like all these like people around him that were like great and helping him out. Hmm. Um, and just because cool. he had for whatever reason, I don't know what he was doing, but he had like all like everyone was like, oh, he's like this. Everyone like loved him. And I think it might have been his live performances or something, or because he was apparently like a kind of an asshole. So I don't quite understand why people liked him so much. But he had like all this crazy respect. He's one of Letterman's uh, favorite guests too. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, this is when I first heard Warren Zevon was when he was dying, and he did uh, that version of "Knocking on Heaven's Door" on the Letterman show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just like. It's not the greatest version of Knocking on Heaven's Door ever, but it's just gutting knowing that he knows he's on his way out. Uh, so that's worth checking out sometime, too. Hmm. Yeah, there's a really good documentary on YouTube. Um, I forget what it's called now. But they did. he found he was dying of mesothelioma, uh, like in 2005 or something or four or something. And um, 
and he had like a year to live. And so he decided like he's gonna like cut one more album before he dies. Um, and it was int- it, it, cool. So just to tell, because he to tell you about him, like, so he's doing this like documentary, and you're like, oh, like that's so like cool and brave. Like he's like dying and making this like last album, and like how like brave or whatever. And at some point in the documentary, he's like, man, he's like, fucking people are like how brave. He's like, fuck you. He's like, I'm dying. He's like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and it was just really funny because he was just like, ah. Fuck you, people, man! I'm just making an album. I'm not brave. He's like, what am I supposed to do? You know. Um, but no, it's like a pretty. It's pretty sad. But yeah, and they have that. They have that. Um, that. Um, that Letterman uh, special on there when he went to see him for the last time, and they had the band play because Letterman's favorite song was um, well, it's later on, but it's the um, um, I think it was uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money was his favorite one. But anyway. Yeah, like I was thinking about it. Like I, I didn't have as much time to I really get into it as I normally do. Because like when I do, like uh, I, I listen to it at work, like on Monday nights, like before we record. I like really like I listen to it beforehand, but I really get into it like that Monday night. And I've actually been off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, so Monday night I didn't get the opportunity to actually listen to it. And I was thinking, like like one of the notes that I wrote down was like. I don't know whether to take the storytelling seriously or not. Like the lyrics, like I don't know if he's just throwing shit in there or if there's actual like poetic meaning and to the, to what he's saying, especially like given like his tone. But but now that you're actually breaking it down, I really wish I would have had more time to go back yeah. and listen to it in depth. Like I did listen to it, I did take notes on every song and actually like make an effort. But it was um as, as far I, as I, I didn't get I didn't spend as much time as I wanted to because you know honestly, it's it's not my cup of tea like genre wise. Yeah. And at first, like when I first popped it on, you told us the album. I popped it in and I listened to it, like the first few songs. And I thought you were just trolling the shit out of me. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, dude, he's just fucking with me because like he did the first, he did the uh, the other, the first album you picked, and, and then um, and then this one, I was like, okay, maybe maybe this is like a reaction to how I reacted to that one. And Cliff's just really <laughs> just fucking with me. He just wants to just make me talk about some shit in depth. And he's just gonna sit here and laugh to himself the entire time. But no, like that I actually listened to it and, and, I, and I broke it down. Then I heard the actual like mix and like a real like good setting as far as like being able to listen to the, the actual recording for, for like listening for what it was in terms of that era and context and recording and technology and shit. And I was like, man, it's a really solid album. And it's well, it's not my cup of tea musically. It definitely has depth and purpose and um it's deliberate you know what i mean it, it's definitely really really creative and i like all the different um like the versatility of it like not every song sounds the same right kind of has like it, has, it starts off a certain way and then like and it starts out kind of like like a country kind of vibe almost like with that like with that uh it guitar really does, in the yeah. beginning and then it has that rolling tops of gunner song where it has more of like a storytelling like a medieval folk kind of vibe to it and then it goes back up with excitable boy and the werewolves of london is more of like the popular song and then it just kind of goes all over the place and but but it's still like a cohesive like project and it's good i found that um i put it on and start listening to it and I would just get lost in it, like as I was working, and like I, I'd, I'd be like, okay, this time I'm listening to it, and I'm going to think about everything, and I'm going to write down notes, and I'm going to take really detailed notes, and I'm really going to like decipher it, and I'd like get into it, and I'd just start jamming out to it, and and like it just, I, it, it had the ability to just 
like happen right like the album just like happens as you're listening to it like i don't know how else to describe it but it just it has a flow to it that you can just enjoy it like i like chuck said like it's not it's not like a a genre that i go and look for to like listen to on a normal basis but i do have i do have a history with it you know with with my previous work and stuff like that so i definitely i definitely enjoy this style but there wasn't one song on this album that I disliked, like not even a little bit, like everything was, I was like, this is all just, it's a solid flow, like through the it, whole thing. It also kind of grew like, cause there's definitely songs where I was like, yeah, like there's some, a few songs where I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't like that song. And then like the more I listened to it, the more it like grew on me. Like, um, yeah. I'm gonna skip ahead. Like, uh, so this would have been like side two and on the, on the LP, but it nighttime in the switching yard. Oh my God. Yes. Which is a fucking disco song. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. Dude, no. And is the longest song on the album, by the way. I, I don't hear disco. I don't hear disco at all. When I hear that song, I think of a fucking b-boy jam. I think like, funk. Like you, like you add more percussion to it. You add a little more percussion. You know, like some bongos and tablas or something. Like something more like percussive in terms of percussion. Then it's a straight up b-boy jam, dude. Like especially dude, with the rhythm guitar, yeah. like the wah wah guitar, and like the, with the, the like the, the wah wah effects, like through the guitar, like the rhythm guitar, and the bass line. And then, like, you get the guitar solo with the synth horns, like, later on in the song. It, it, dude, it, like, you add more percussion, it's a straight-up b-boy staple, like, especially with the breakdown towards the yes. end. And that's, like, dude, like, I, I hear that song, I think a dude's breakdance is straight-up what I hear. Dude, I, I hear this song, and I'm, like, funk. Like, it, it screams funk to me. And I, I even wrote that I want to sample this song. Because, Chuck, like you're saying, man, like... There's something about the the percussion that is on this song. It's so clear and it's so crisp and it's such a good sound. I hear breakbeats and I hear like the potential for like so many good samples and and like you said like b-boy stuff like it just yeah i, I mean, really I mean, like the, the only thing that the only thing that throws it off of the b-boy vibe is is, is the vocals the lyrics the, the lyrics in it. it's like it's just real repetitive it's just saying nighttime and switching out over and over for the most part right and yeah, but no yeah like <laughs> yeah but compared to like the previous song accident right, like a martyr like it's nowhere. yeah like it like accident like a martyr is more of like a that's that's a, a beautiful album. song. Well, that's a straight yeah, love yeah, song. Yeah, like a sad yeah, a love song, like, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. beautiful song. It has a really good use of background vocals, a piano bridge. Like, it, there's like a piano bridge. It goes into like like what sounds like a slide guitar, like not quite like a like a normal guitar, but more yeah. like a country like slide guitar. And then so so it's more of like a beautiful love ballad. And then boom, they change gears. Nighttime in the switching yard. It's like time like it just upbeat, hits like, you. It yeah, hits like, you. Yeah. Transitioning like, from one to the other, it just hits you. I didn't even think about the the A side and B side though. It totally makes sense that this song has that much hit to it. 
if it's if you have to take yeah. the record and flip it it used to start the and, b side up yeah, yeah and start on the b side with this it totally makes sense right because now you have <laughs> like and you it, have to go and and do the action and you take the record and flip it and drop the needle and you drop it right yeah. on this like in your face and like, it's it's the um it's like the bookend to the uh johnny strikes up the band right which is another just like just jam like it's yeah you know it's just a musical jam um but you know just before so that uh on that love song like chuck you talked about that piano hook or that piano interlude or whatever yeah. dude i love that uh, the tone on that piano Um, like it plays through this beautiful tone and like halfway through it like changes key or something like somehow it does they do something musically where they like totally shift it to some other like th- and it like throws you off I don't know I just really love that 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 part of that song yeah um, yeah like anyway. that's something that's common throughout the whole album is like their ability to like like mid song to like throw that bridge in there and like 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 the bridge is just like it's just a little small section of the song where they kind of change up the key of the song and they kind of go back into it. it's like a like a brief interlude in the middle like towards the middle to end the song it's like 60 percent of the way through you hear that little bit of a bridge and it goes back into it and then kind of fades out at the end but they they that use of that bridge typically like with a piano or like uh like a distorted electric guitar like that's throughout the whole album like like most of the songs have that kind of that, that breakdown in there the drums change a little bit. You get those tom fills, and uh, it's just good, dude. Like musically, it's it's beautiful. It, it really, yeah, yeah. There is. I I I really enjoy how much, um, they change things on this man. Like it's it's pretty <clears throat> awesome. Kind of feels like the only constant is they hit you with that uh, on one, on every song, not every song, but most of every song. They hit you with that piano intro before he goes to wherever he's going. Like everything else, like no two songs sound a, even a little bit alike in my mind. But they fit together so well. That's what's they do. Weird it is it. weird. You know, it's a weird. It, it, yeah, it is weird. But they they really they nailed the flow on it. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, sometimes the switching yard. So then, uh, so that yeah, so that gets you revved up, right? And then they mm-hmm. go into slows it down into another historical. Cold War ballad. Well, it's not really Cold War. It's pre-Cold War. No, Vera, it's, yeah, World War One. Veracruz, which is a song about the U.S. invasion of, uh, like the Veracruz port or something like that in 1914.
bring that step away from the album because I got it. This is a cool ass story. I was like, I looked you went up down a rabbit hole on Wikipedia, Dude. didn't you? Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> By the way, you, you know what? Wait, do you see? Oh, you know, I'm gonna do the whole thing. Just I know we're taking a while, but no, dude, what do you see where this shit ends up? So, um, so I was like, oh, like there, like what the fuck is this song about? Like, like he's singing about Mexico or whatever, and it is about Mexico. So, in 1914, so he's singing about the U.S. invaded Mexico in 1914, and here's why. So, uh, nine sailors were like, like left ship and went into Mexico. They didn't say why, but I swear to God, it was for like whores and liquor. And, um, <laughs> I mean, so they get, get me off the boat. So they get arrested. Good, good reason is any. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, why else would a sailor go to Mexico? So they, um, they, uh, get arrested. Right. And like, so the Navy, you know, the Navy and the U S government's like, can't, can't arrest Americans. So they demand three things, right? First, they have to release them. Two, they have to issue an apology to the Mexican government. And three, they want a 21-gun salute. Um, and so at the time, Mexico's like embroiled in like a civil war. There's a lot of shit going on. So Mexico's like, fine. So they release them. They issue an apology. But they didn't give them the 21-gun salute. So as a result, Woodrow Wilson ordered the U.S. to, to invade and occupy the port of Veracruz. Because <laughs> he didn't get his 21-gun salute. Because you know, Woodrow Wilson was a kind of a douche. And anyway, so they so they invade and like the basically it's like these so they land the Marines and it ends up being like a way it ends up as you know, as most things do where they like start off this oh, we're just gonna do this one little thing, we're gonna like take over this little port. And then they realize, well, I guess we're gonna take over the port, we gotta take over the whole city because you can't just hold port. And so it ends up with this whole big battle where they're fighting like the local citizens and like yeah, it like, kills like hundreds of people. So it's like a big deal. The whole world gets like super pissed at America. Uh, like England was like fucking what are you doing uh south all the countries in south america were like riding they threw all the americans out of all these south american countries and they had to like they had to they had to like bring them home and like put them in like um like refugee camps and stuff like that it was like crazy and then and as a result in world war one mexico almost sided with germany and invaded the united states and the only thing that kept them from doing it is because what the war wasn't going as well for germany as it would have other if they the war had been going better for germany they would have straight up like gotten some shit from germany and like invaded so that's just how like pissed off they were. Um, so here's the other. Co- so anyway, so this is like the story. It's like some like fucked up military shit. Um, hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying like brown girls have an effect on a man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, the, so the other cool thing about this is uh, at in this Battle of Veracruz, or I think it's called the Battle of Veracruz. So uh, 56 people won a me- were awarded a Medal of Honor, right? Which is the single most military event to award Medal of Honor. So, for example, so 56 people. In all of uh, World War I, 120 people got uh, Medal of Honors. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And one of the dudes, so I, I'm down the rabbit hole. There's this uh, Marine, Smedley Butler, who I heard of before, but he's like basically like the super Marine. He's like Captain America. He's the most decorated Marine of all time. So he was there and got a Medal of Honor and actually tried to return it uh, to Congress with the quote, there was nothing brave about what we did in Veracruz. And he was ordered to like wear it. Um, but th- this is where this ends up. Smedley Butler was also um, helped uh, in 1933. Apparently there was an effort to overthrow the president, to raise an army to like go against by a bunch of uh, financiers who didn't like the New Deal. And they tried to get Smedley Butler to like lead the army. And he dropped a dime on him. 
And at I've the time, heard about this. Yeah. yeah. And at the time, it was like everyone like laughed at him. They're like, oh, this can't possibly. What you tell me, Rockefeller, like George Bush's grandfather was involved, like all these people. And everyone like laughed and laughed and laughed. And then like 10 years ago, like they un- they um, redact left. They released the report they did. And this shit was like all pretty much true. Like they didn't know how far it would actually get. But like there was like dude, there was like a guy with like three million dollars in a briefcase. Like, all right, we're going to like bring all these like veterans in. And fly him into Washington, like, and and try to get him to like overthrow the government and stuff. And Smedley Butler was like, "We're not doing that." And he dropped a dime on him. But um, so that's where that. So I listened to this song, and then I ended up with almost overthrowing the government in 1933 by a bunch of Wall Street dudes. So. So yeah, it's a cool song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot. I mean, most 99 percent of my research was on this song. So. <laughs> The dangers of going to Wikipedia when the next story is just a click of a link away. Oh, dude. Well, I like the Spanish vocals and the harp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't even remember what the song sounds like, to be honest with you. But, but it's, it's a cool. good song. No, it's a good, it's a pretty good song. And it's like, it's from the, it's a, another ballad from like someone who's like in the city, like watching their city kind of burn as they're leaving and, you know, vowing to come back and stuff like that. So it has that whole, um, it's a sad song, you know. And it's slow and sad in that regard. Man, I like the Spanish guitar towards the end. Like, there's yeah. this um, acoustic Spanish guitar. It's like you can hear like it's pan hard left in the left ear, like way out there, but it's like so subtle and and beautiful. And that's like it's going with the Spanish vocals towards the end. It's nice, man. So that leads into uh, the eighth song, second to last on the album, Tenderness on the Block, which I really, I like this tune, man. It's another kind of upbeat song about like a girl kind of like growing up and becoming independent. And something about it being um, like, it's about a girl, like your girl's growing up, she's meeting a boy, she, you know, all this stuff. And something about it um, being about tenderness on the block, like, you know, how she's like kind of, she's smart enough to like see through like people's bullshit, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's got a real nice, the, sonically it's nice too and just oh, the, 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 ten, the tennis on the block like on the block part just i don't know something about that like i don't know like like grounds it in kind of reality in some yeah. regards you know what i mean it's not like a fairy tale you know what i mean anyway dude i love the drum sound on that man like the way they mix those drums it's it's really good the guitar solo at the end the guitar solo at the end yeah yeah Yes, the only thing um, potentially sad about it, and I couldn't back this up with any internet research, but I'm pretty sure that that's the girl who the excitable boy kills in the third song. Oh. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh. anyway, okay, so moving on to the last song in the album. Oh. Um, 
which is kind of was my favorite for a long time. I like the song. You it's and really David. good. Lawyers, Guns, and Money. I've heard it described, or I read it was described as it's the official theme for John McAfee. Um, <laughs> uh, and it also, honestly, like I remember, I would hear this song growing up a lot, and because my dad loved this song, and it just kind of reminds me of my dad in a lot of ways, just because um, he was always like getting in trouble with stuff, and he never had enough lawyers, guns, or money to, you know, get out of it, you know. So. <laughs> um, uh, and it's I, uh, and just the opening line on this song. I, I went home with the waitress the way I always do. How was I to know that she was with the Russians too? And it's like <laughs> this shit fucking unfolds from there. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, what's crazy about that song is like there's like a certain like type of like call and response. Like he has like a little bit. He'll have like a little bit of a verse, and then it'll be like an instrumental response afterwards. And he goes into a little bit of a verse and like another like another stanza, and then more like instrumental response at the end. Like this song is different too. Like they had like some hand claps and some tom rolls, and they use different like um, like drops and silence. Like you hear like in a lot of hip hop songs too, they do the same thing. They'll drop out everything but the bass and the drums, or they'll mm-hmm. drop out everything except for the sample. They do, they do that as well in here. Like they, they they cut out a lot of the instrumentation and add silence or elements of silence, and it, it's like, it's like very dynamic. It goes up and down, and it's like and in terms of his lyrics, the way he delivers the actual song, like his vocals. It's the first time to me that he sounds like interested in what he's doing. Like he's really like putting feeling into it, and um, he, he's all about it. I, I, I dig that shit. My favorite lyrics in the on the whole album is uh, "Send lawyers, guns, and money. The shit has hit the fan." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it gambling in Havana? Or something? Yeah. <laughs> And the whole time he's like, it's not my fault. The whole song is like, none of this is my fault. (laughs) And it's all his fault. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I don't know. Again, another song that it's what three minutes long and there's three verses that are like a total of six lines each. And then the rest of it is just instrument in the chorus. Uh, it's just, the songs are like simple, but like put together so well that you don't recognize unless you actually like break down and listen to it, that there's not a whole lot going on in them. 
like lyrically. Yeah, musically. Dude, musically, yeah. it's yeah. on point. <laughs> yeah, musically, it's very on. complex. Yeah. yeah, dude. The whole time I was listening to this, I couldn't help but get like this kind of vibe where like. It's like you're driving in an old car on a long road trip, like like you know, like the movie montage. Yeah. Like, you know how like uh, um, it, it, that's what it reminds me of. You're just like driving like an old ass beat up car, like on a like a like a nice like desert highway or some shit. You know what I mean? I got that vibe for me. like the whole album throughout. That's like kind of like that vibe I had, like just cruising around having fun music. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like a total pop album, right? Like the way it's, but it's, but it's like a great pop album. I don't know how to explain it. Like, but uh, I mean, I think that just that era was pop, right? Like that's. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different even than stuff. Cause it, cause the pianos, I mean, there were guys, there was like Elton John was doing piano stuff like Billy maybe, Joel. Yeah. There, there maybe couple, I should say there were a couple of people doing it, but um, I mean, the piano is one thing that's, but musically it's just a, yeah, it does kind of fit in with that era, though. You're right. I, yeah, I think feel it, like a Billy Joel sonic song, sound. Though. Yeah, I think that nah, it's. Just, I think yeah. that it fits the era. I don't think it's simplistic. Like when I hear p- the word pop, I think someone who's making a good song and a catchy song, but as simplistic as possible, so the mindless mm-hmm. drones can enjoy it and repeat it and learn it, and they do a good job repeating choruses and doing things to get people hooked. But I think the music itself is very complex, like on this album. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, it's not pop in a bad way. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I this whole time that we've been talking, I've been singing, werewolves in London" in my head, like literally for the past hour that we've been talking. <laughs> That's such a good. It, it's like the ultimate karaoke song, man. Dude, oh my god! So you gotta pull uh, yeah, out. totally, you drunk, man. Dude, yeah. You know, like who Lon Chaney was? I had no idea before that. <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> I. Dude, you know what? <laughs> it's, yeah. I know. I know that we we passed this song a couple songs ago, but I really do love the quote where he he says like they the guy in London has really nice hair or whatever the exact yeah. phrase is in that song. Like it's so. Like I, I saw uh, the werewolf because the werewolf was like killing everyone, and he's just admiring him. It's like the were- yeah. I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's, and his hair was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what. It, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, it's just like, dude, it's such a great line. Or you better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. Man, I'd like to meet his tailor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, um, so I was listening to this at work a couple times today and one of my coworkers like, likes to come over and give me shit. Like if I'm playing on my phone or like basically doing anything, but not working, he walks over and he's like, um, mid fifties. 
but he's he's a cool dude like he's a gamer and everything else and plays destiny and he's like uh what are you listening to and i'm like oh uh excitable boy by warren zivon or is it zivon zivon Zivon. and and i'm like or however you say his name he's like oh i love that album i know that album really well he's like i've listened to that album so many times that's a great album. I'm really happy that you're listening to it. What do I do? I can't talk shit to you. Fuck. I, yeah. I guess, I, guess like, I like it too. Fuck. It's like you can play on your phone some more. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, my buddy, uh, he picked it up for, uh, for our episode tonight. He's like, wow, how did you, how did you end up on that album? I'm like, well, we each pick our own. So I wasn't picking. So he picked good music. I'm like his last pick was Tom Waits. He's like, oh, I really like Tom Waits. <laughs> like, oh, there you Let's go. really tapping into the mid fifties. Been the Apples. I am a mid fifties year old at heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was pretty funny. Oh, that is pretty good. So you guys, I, I, yeah, I picked this album. I wasn't because I was kind of going back and forth because I was like, I'm like, I like this album, but I'm like, I don't know, man. Like. I just wasn't sure if it'd be like if you guys would be into it at all. So I'm kind of like glad at Dude, least. Honestly, at first I wasn't, bro. Like I said, I, I listened to the first few songs and then I put it away for like two weeks or whatever until this week that I actually picked it back up again. And then even then, it took me a few listens to actually like try to understand like the beauty in it. You know what I mean? Because like like again, it's not it's not what I normally it's listen not your to thing, in terms yeah. of music. Yeah, and and, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm open to other genres of music. Even but, me. Yeah, but, like I picked this album and I like this album, but there were like songs where I, like I always skipped over like nighttime the switch. Like I'm like next, you know, and then, like I'm like all right, well, I gotta listen to all of it. And I listened to it like a couple times and I'm like, that's actually a really good song. Like, like, like I would I would just always like skip over. I'm like, ah, it's I I just really didn't, never give it the time of day, you know, because I'm like here for you know Werewolves of London and stuff like that. But um, but then I was like, man, that's a really good song. I just haven't listened to it. I haven't given it the time it deserved. So I did the I, same thing, you know that you were doing. I think the thing that I love about doing these albums with you guys is that it exposes us to, to albums like this, right? Like I wouldn't normally have listened to this or appreciated it for what it is, but like, because we did have to listen to it and, you know, you step outside of whatever you would normally be listening to, whether it's new or old, you know, or, or like Mm -hmm. whatever else you listen to, like, I'm really happy that we we got this album yeah, because me too. It, it, it's 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 beautiful, man. Like when That's you cool. when you understand what it is, you're like, holy shit! Like, like this was done fucking how many years ago? You know, For, uh, 41. Well, for, 41 years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's like Jesus, it's so Dude, good. Yeah. Yeah, but I, again, it's I, all about context. Like, like when it one year released. came out. Yeah, <laughs> That's all I know. But yeah. Um, yeah, or even like last time we talked about the zoology album. Like, like you know, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop, but that was, dude, that album's so good. Like, that's a, like, it's unbelievable. And like, I still like, I pull it on all the time now. You know, I would never like, I would never, I would have skipped right over. You know, at some point, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop. I'd have been like, ah, whatever. You know, but um, the music yeah, thing is, I had nice. the same problem with both albums. I listened to like the first four songs on each of them, and then I'm like, man, I like these so much. I went back to the beginning and re-listened to the first four again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot harder to get to the second half of both of these albums for yeah, me yeah. because uh, the, the starts are so ridiculously strong. Um, so I am going to put this album on our album playlist, um, but that means that there is actually four extra songs that are not part of the 2007 remaster. 
Um, and I know, I know. Like, uh, do you guys have anything that you want to add to those? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna add those on. I mean, too. one of them's another version of Werewolves of London. It is. It's so, going on yeah. there though. That's just the way that yep. it uh, works. That's fine. That's cool. Nips, you had one that you liked, right? That I, was I one do of those. like uh, Two Lace Blues. like i don't know it's kind of a lot like accidentally like a martyr and that it's a sad song um like a sad love song but it sounds completely different like you wouldn't if you listen to the two of them they wouldn't sound anything alike but uh but the sort of the general the general theme of the lyrics are the same but i don't know it feels like he's putting more heart into that song than like chuck was talking about how it took all the way to lawyers guns and money to feel like he was singing the song like he meant it Mm-hmm. And I feel like Two Layers Blues are, is the same way. He's there's more of him in that than in any other song on the album. Dude, this shit's so important, man. It's good. And the also, cool thing is, truck is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just vocals too, right? That one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they found that on the cutting room floor. They're like, God, oh, it was on the. We'll put this on, 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 on the extra or whatever. Yeah. Um, when Gator adds uh, updates this playlist, Chuck, you'll get those uh, extra four songs on uh, iTunes. Oh yeah, yeah, because it transfers. Yeah, hopefully it transfers. It's, I would assume it transfers, or they'll I, find it. I don't know. I wonder. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. When you just pull up the actual album. On iTunes, not on Apple Music, uh, Apple Music, it just has the, the the nine or whatever. Yeah, it's all right. It's all the same Amazon database they're pulling from. <laughs> well, good job, Cliff. Yeah, it was good. good Thank no, thanks for uh, broadening my musical horizons again. Yeah, I didn't expect yeah, that with sure, Tom man. Waits, and I didn't expect that with this one either. All right, well, now I have one fewer album that I get to pick from in the future too. So thanks. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before I forget. Um, the, one of the things that pushed me over the edge to like picking this album was when the, you were in London, Nips. I was like, less, I was like, I'm like, yeah, we're always in London. I'm like, I'll claim that's about Nips. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I and, shaved my beard like an asshole. And, uh, fucked it all yeah, up. and came home. I was like, all right. I don't know. <clears throat> nice. Should we uh, talk about playlist music while we're talking about music? Yeah, I mean, we can. Yeah, you want to do playlist music? I'm down. We're already in that vibe, right? Yeah. All right. Um, I don't think any winners were announced yet in BADS. So right before this episode, I'm going to call this out. I had this in in a different part, but um, I feel that it is uh, necessary to, uh, to, to call out here. So I was sitting at the kitchen table with my kiddos. 
eating dinner and I pulled out my phone real quick because my uh, sister was coming over. And uh, the first thing I see on my notification hand bar is, or notification bar is, uh, episode 153, my not suited for work handle is Fluffy Fingers MD. Wait, do you think NSFW is not suited for work? Yeah. Interesting. What do you think it is? Safe? Not safe for work? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I always mean, thought it was. Not safe for work, not suited for work, whatever, man. I mean, it works. I just had never heard anybody say suited before. I'm not going to bust your chat about it. It's, like, it's a new thing for me. Yeah, no, It sounds classier, but it's not I've, suited for work. Yeah. Well, well not safe for work means like implies like an element of danger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I go to work every day not suited. <laughs> <laughs> I have coworkers who thought NSFW was actually NWA, so that whatever for not work appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, so close bad, my gamer tag is a character from a movie and from the early 90s called SFW, which sounds like safe for work, except the original movie is so fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> so I always found that kind of funny, but. Well, anyways, I haven't listened to it yet because I had company over, but uh, Bads, congrats, man. I am uh, I know what I'm listening to after I edit this episode. Um, so, yeah, I didn't. I don't know if, if a new podcast playlist of 2020 or 2019 has been picked yet, uh, so I think it's safe to assume that we're still the best. Oh, yeah, Definitely absolutely. still the best of 2018, right? Yeah. Can't take that away from us. No, no. Uh, so, uh, Unless it's started... like an OJ thing where they take away his Heisman 20 years after the fact. Or we sell the playlist to a bunch of people. Dude, the glove doesn't fit. In LA. <laughs> All right. For hard uh, money, you know. So, uh, Ben, uh, sent us a pick super early, uh, yeah. this, this time again. So he must've been excited about it. Uh, uncomfortably numb by American football. Yeah, he had posted that in the the Bad's music channel too. So he was definitely on a on a kick <clears throat> on that song and it's it's yeah. pretty good. I mean I'm not a dad, but apparently it has some sort of emotional connection to him. Yeah. I can't wait to check it out, man. Um, it's really good. Chuck, I, why don't you go next, man? Since you wanted to kick off the the playlist thing. Oh fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can I can pick someone else. You no, got no, time. I, I have it. I was thinking about this, like going through the playlist, and there's like some notable omissions in terms of like music and genres and artists, and in terms of like genres, like there's like no '90s R&B representation on the on the playlist whatsoever, and I that was a big part of my childhood. I, I grew up with two sisters, right? I grew up listening to rap. They grew up listening to R&B, and man. Tell Me by Groove Theory is a fucking great song. That shit is dope. It's a great beat. It's a great song. And um, yeah, Nostalgia, man. That's like me in fucking seventh, eighth grade, dude, just learning about life in a new city. Like, I I didn't grow up in a big city. I moved to Albuquerque in 95. And um, when I hear the song, I just think about what it was like to hear, like, rap and R&B music on the radio. Like that wasn't a thing where I was from. Like I would only hear that music. They didn't have that in North Dakota. No, they had one radio station, and it was like country and like this weird, like folky, like fiddle native French 
music. I don't know. It was, it was strange. There was like a bunch of local music that was like very not my vibe. And uh, yeah, so like 90s R&B just has a special like place in my heart for like where it was in terms of me growing up. And that song, it just takes me back to that era. And it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good one. Tell Me by Groove Theory. Nice. Added. Uh, Mr. Nips. Uh, I'm going to go with All Night by The Vamps. And Matoma. Oh, sweet. I love Matoma, dude. I am so excited to listen to this. I'm sure I know it, but I'm so excited. Uh, I'll also note that when you were sitting back in your chair, have you lost like another 15 pounds, dude? Because you're looking fucking slim. I haven't lost any weight, uh, but I think I am putting on a decent amount of muscle lately. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's going well, but I probably need to tighten up my diet a little bit more so I can actually lose weight. But we should talk about weight loss contest after everyone yeah, gets the Yeah, yeah. we will. We will. Uh, Cliff, what do you got for me? Uh, so I'm going to go along the Chuck route and go uh, 90s stuff that I grew up with. Nice. Um, that I think is, is missing from the playlist. I'm going to go with that Nirvana, but the um, Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam, which is off the uh, Unplugged album which is really a Kurt Cobain album but yeah, that, uh, that's just that a great album. album god that album is so good that album is so good that was one of the other ones I was thinking of picking actually oh do I, I not is it not on Spotify uh, it should be on there um, it should be on Spotify it's under Nirvana there's a playlist for it was oh, the album not on there <laughs> huh it's an interesting oh. uh, picture. No, the, the, there's a playlist for it, but the actual song isn't down there. Uh, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> MTV Unplugged, Nirvana, Albums. There we go. Got it. I got it? Okay. Yeah. Actually, only just got released two months ago on the Spotify Oh, oh really? really? Yeah. No kidding. November first, twenty nineteen. Have good timing then. All right. So before I talk about my song, last week uh, we realized that Jay Z was released on Spotify. Yes. Um. Holy shit! Did I go down a Jay Z rabbit hole this week? <laughs> my God! So much Jay Z was played on Spotify. Um. So yeah. That that was that was a good time. I was happy happy to listen to all that old shit again. Um, okay, so uh, Nips, I don't know if you remember, but um, probably like fuck, man, six months, a year ago, I I had mentioned, so I doubt you remember, but I had mentioned that there was this hip hop band that's an actual band from Iowa that I really like, and they're they're. You know, have a lot of brass, but I wanted to find a song that you would like. Yeah, I remember you saying that. So I don't remember the name of the band. All right. So the song came on today and I, I've passed it a few times, but this morning it just felt right on my drive into work. So we're going to add it to the playlist. And this is the Acousticon theme by Young Blood's Brass. I can't and wait to listen. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot more instrumental than... 
than um, vocals. But it's uh, I don't know, man. There's there's something about this band. Like they're just they're very unique in their sound. You know, it's like you're listening to like a like a hip hop high school band. You know, like in a good way though. <laughs> I don't know. Good because it could go horribly wrong. The, yeah, uh, high yeah. school hip hop band. I've been to high school talent shows before. Those are not great. No, no, not at all. You guys have a lot to look forward to in the next 10 years or so. <clears throat> so I, um, we, uh, every year, like the plays are really big in our, like my kid goes to elementary school and it's like K through sixth grade or something. And the sixth graders put on like a drama play every year. And, um, it's like a big deal. Like it sells out like multiple nights. Uh, and my kid loves, like he loves plays and drama. I don't know. I don't know where he gets it from. So like we're, we have to go every year. So we're go- I don't even know what it is this year. It's probably like wizard of Oz or something, but every year we have to like go. And he actually like this year, he's like, can we go, can we go both nights? I'm like, Jesus Christ. Not even in, he's not even in the play. He's like, I just want to go see it. And he sees it in, they do it like a, a performance for the school itself. So he sees it in school. So he wants to see it three times. I'm like, oh my god, man! But he's just like, he's like, it's, he's like, I don't know, he loves it. I can't, I don't even know why. I'm like, why do you like it so much? He's like, I don't, know, man. He's like, it's just great. I'm like, all right, like but, what you um, like, and don't apologize. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I've I've been to a few of those uh, school play drama things, and uh, they're pretty long. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I'm sure the acting of sixth graders is top notch. You know what? It varies. There's usually like one kid who's like a foot taller than everybody else that like knocks it out of the park. And then like everyone else is kind of just like me. So. <clears throat> Hi, guys. My name is Fluffy. I'm totally not doing things that I should have done a long time ago. Um, okay. So. Um, I. Think that we should talk about weight loss stuff. Yeah. Since we're since we're doing things all out of order today, anyways. Um, Did you pull up the list? <laughs> that's totally what I was just doing. Uh, so first, I want to shout out uh, people in season er, in round six of our weight loss challenge. Um, this is the one that here, just happened. Yep. Yeah, the one, yeah, that, the one that ended that ended in uh, week of Christmas. So uh, the goal was two hundred miles. Uh, Gear Dad hit 422 miles. Uh, Manny G from, um, um, oh my God. Gaming Adventure Club. <laughs> Thank you. I just have GAC in front of me and I'm like just drawing a blank like, oh, I'm so dumb. You just uh, cut out Manny, my voice and put your voice in there and they won't know that you blanked. Yeah, yeah. That would, that would, yeah, just that would take the, some time. Pause. You're fine. Uh, and all <laughs> Manny, this stuff we're talking about right now. Manny G hit 519 miles. Uh, Brisbeans hit 320.2 miles. And uh, Bit Dead hit 204 miles. It's absurd. Um, Yeah. Uh, Florida Gator was close with 159.2. And Mr. Fluffy Fingers MD logged uh, 174.98. Mine was all biking and elliptical though because i couldn't run and i didn't track walking okay anyways um so yeah i uh i think we have some prizes to give away 
You do. And uh, I do have the names here in 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 an order, uh, but unfortunately, um, I wasn't smart enough to uh, t- to do it ahead of time. So so bear with me as we may or may not need you to pick another number. Um, but let's let's give some things away. How's that sound? I like announcing winners. Okay, good. I do too. Okay, so. Let's see. The f- Oh, wait. No, that's this one. I was like, wait, we're not giving away a, a mug. That's for next time. Okay. Uh, six. So we have a lot of prizes to give away tonight, boys. Okay. First thing we're giving away is a t-shirt. I think it's only fitting uh, that uh, Mr. Admiral Nips gives away a t-shirt for our own show. So Potato Thumbs podcast t-shirt. Give me a number... Uh, one through 17. All right. In honor of the first ever quarterback to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same season, I'm going to pick number three. Yeah! Number <laughs> 30 for 30, James Winston! Three. Uh, senior Justin Jesse. Hey! He probably deserves he, it because that motherfucker lost a ton of weight in 2019. He did, and this is by no means in any sort of order, so I actually kind of like it this time. Normally, there's, like, some sort of order to it, so uh, he would normally tell me to fuck off and not put him in these contest drawings, but you know what, dude? We're giving this t-shirt away, so you're taking it. Yeah. Probably need smaller clothes anyways. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, Okay. Oh, the traveling t-shirt is upon us. This is a t-shirt that... um, First snatching panda got, and then who did he give it to last one? Do you remember? I don't. Oh man, uh, I'll have to look at my notes. But snatching panda had it first, wore it while he was working out, signed it, and then sent it on its way. Um, and so this T-shirt is uh, is gonna go to a new home now, um, and uh, we're very excited about wherever this is going to end up. So, what, what's all, what kind of T-shirt is it? It's a white T-shirt just that a, just says JSG in permanent marker written on it. Okay, it has some sweat and stuff on it. Now all that right, that right. panda and someone else has had it. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. So I I can picture um, it. Let's see. Um, so what do we think? I think Cliff, since you were asking some questions about it, uh. I think that we are going to let you give away this t-shirt. Oh, nice. Uh, um, so give me a number uh, 1 through 17. Uh, I'm going to pick number 1. Number 1 is AKA Gear Dad. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to we're going to make him we're going to make him take this prize. Oh, the traveling yeah. the traveling trophy goes to everybody. Everybody's on the list. There. Well, you yeah, have to yeah. at least wear it out in public and take a selfie with it or it doesn't count and you gotta get your signature on it and sign it in disneyland yeah and not lose it yep (laughs) disneyland selfie the magical kingdom right in front of the big castle you know what you gotta wear it on the log flume and get your picture taken oh log flume yeah with your hands up yeah like that yeah yeah, with your hands (laughs) up and then and then you gotta send put that in discord you know what makes me happy 
Justin was the last person to win the JSG shirt. So Ooh. Justin just lost all this weight and he has a nasty ass shirt to send to Jay. Oh, that makes uh, me so happy. Jay dad is going to smell like Justin, dude. Uh, he already descended. Like- He's going to visit him in California in the near future. Oh, oh, oh is he? Oh, heard, that'd be yeah, awesome. I, I heard Justin smells like butterscotch. I can't <laughs> confirm that. This is what I heard. <laughs> uh, well, then, uh, then Chuck, I think it's only fitting that you give away the Dad Tales podcast custom oh, Mondo die disc. Holy what do you moly. got for us? Uh, one through 17, buddy. I will choose the sixth greatest Buccaneers quarterback of all time, war number eight, Mr. Mike Glennon. Number eight. That is going to Admiral Nitz. <laughs> There we go. Do you want to accept your Justin disc, or do you want to? Do you, I know I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you. The, I mean, it's up to you, man. It is something from Justin. I, I want to say that I made jokes about what would happen if I won the disc last time, but I may end up turning it into something that hangs on my wall. So yeah, I'll accept that gift. I like it. I'm. I figured okay. that that might I, be I won't the answer. Actually, go disc gave. golfing. But I also won't use it as a toy for the dog in the backyard, and I'll put it somewhere in my house as a, a piece of artwork. You I like eat it. Ramen out of it. I don't know how good Justin's die is going to get set there. I don't want to eat food out of a custom dyed disc. Just turn it into like a fancy serving plate. You know what I mean? Like, you'll love some ham and cheese and such. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is um, Gamer Score Radio is giving away a shirt, and since I have the numbers in front of me, I don't want to pick. So uh, Admiral Nips, one through seventeen, who is getting the Gamer Score Radio shirt? Uh, in honor of the show number they'll be and their tenth anniversary, I'm going to pick number thirteen. <laughs> uh, thirteen would be our good friend Stabby McStabface. Hey. Congrats, Mitch. Hey. Congrats, Mitch. I, you I, like, it. I <laughs> like it. It was a hard M. It sounded like a B. I'm like, damn, dog. <laughs> I was hey. impressed by uh, Mitch not getting banned from Twitter this week. He only got put in timeout for 12 hours. Oh, no. Sorry to hear that. All right. Uh, Cliff? Gamers, uh, gamer score. God damn it! Gaming Adventure Club is giving away a gift card. This can be a gift card to Xbox Live, PlayStation Store, or Steam. Um, you know, Amazon, whatever. Um, Cliff, give me a number one through seventeen. Um, I'm gonna go with seventeen. I'll go to the other end. Do All right, get it from both ends. This is, is I- going to Brisbane's. And this is Brisbane's second entry into the drawing because he hit over 200 miles for the contest. So it looks like his mileage paid off for him. 400 miles for him. Good job, Briz. That's a lot of miles. Right? I would block 500 miles. Okay. Um, Chuck, Xanafan, our good friend Xanafan711, is going to make a custom song. Sometime between now and six months from now for the next person. <laughs> Who is going to get the custom song from Santa Fan? In honor of 
arguably the worst second round pick in Buccaneers draft history. I'm going to go with number 17, Aurelius Ben. Uh, 17. 17 was RA pick, so we're yeah. going to go to the next person in line, if that's okay with you. Sure. Bit dead, which I think is a really good fit. Our good, friend Beer, our good friend Beer Dad, a.k.a. Bit Dad, Bit Dead. A.k.a. Fit Dad. Song. A.k.a. Fit Dad. dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, H&H, our good friend, uh, who was on the show last week, is giving away a deluxe version of Jedi The Fallen Order for Xbox and one month of EA Access for Xbox. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Mr. Nips. So we've had what? 1, 3, 13, 16, and yeah. 17? I'll tell you if you don't get it. Right. But yeah, I think you're right. Well, I know he's in the pool, so I kind of want to guess his number um, so that he can <laughs> give the thing to himself. So I'm going to go with number seven. Ooh, he did not hit him. Damn. Um, seven is Ian, our good buddy Ian. Uh, w I C three nine four nine or whatever his gamer tag is. Congrats, <laughs> good job, Ian, uh, with DTP man. Also former um, former host with Jay yep. on his show early on. Uh, you will be getting a deluxe version of Jedi: The Fallen Order for Xbox. Nice. All right, guys, our last thing that we're giving away today, uh, Florida Gator is giving away a limited edition Guardian Downcast custom T-shirt. This is one of a kind. Um, Cliff, what do you got for me? <clears throat> um, one through 17 and a bunch have been taken, right? Yep. yep. Let's go with uh, lucky number 11. If that's, Is that available? It is. Yeah. I'll take it. Hey, it's Bit Dead. He's yeah, on there twice, huh? His name was on there twice, oh, nice. yep. For yeah. hitting the hitting the mileage, man. Look at that. It fucking paid off, dude. Can <laughs> fit that. Killing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he like loves it. your show so much. Give him all kinds I of free like shit. I like it. Getting in shape, I guess, pays off, man. I should try it. You know, there, it's not too late to join. All right. So, well, um, I don't know. Speak for yourself. It's a perfect segue into this this uh, contest that we're currently running. And so we'll be right back. He really has to go pee. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so, so once again, uh, potato thumbs podcast, gaming adventure club and distinguished gentlemen podcast or dad tales podcast for all you OGs out there. Um, we are running the new year, new Karen weight loss competition. Uh, it's already started, but it's not too late to join. Just post a photo of your current weight. And then just start entering. Um, you can enter weights whenever you do your scale. Once a week, twice a week, three times a week. It doesn't matter. I just take the most recent one when I remember to post weights in the discords. Um, and I show the percentage that you've lost. Uh, this will be ending on February 29th, which is leap day. Yes, it is a leap year. Uh, so a little bit less than two months left, but plenty of time to get in shape. Each Discord will have their own chat room. It is totally free to join. Uh, we have rules and links posted in each uh, Discord. Um, the Discord with the highest percentage of weight loss is crowned the sexiest Karen Discord. That's right. You can be the sexiest Karen in the room. 
Um, anyone who walks, bikes, skates, runs, swims, paddleboards, etc., whatever you have to do to cover 200 miles in the contest time frame, you can get a second entry into the prize drawing. Um, and as you just saw with our prize people, it pays off. Uh, so right now, uh, we have Potato Thumbs giving away a coffee mug. Um, because we haven't given away a coffee mug yet, and we have coffee mugs, so why the hell not? Uh, Dad Tales is giving away another custom disc. Uh, Gaming Adventure Club is throwing in another gift card. Guardian Downcast is giving away another custom t-shirt, and Xanafan is throwing in another custom song. And, um... I'm just putting this in there now. One way or another, we will keep the traveling shirt alive. Oh, yeah. JSG shirt. Got to keep going. Jay can quit gaming, but he can't quit giving up that shirt. Let's have a a moment of silence for Jay's gaming career, as we were informed recently that he's probably going to quit forever because he hates us. Moment of silence for the homie. Okay. All right, hit that boy right, cement, end of the road. <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for pitching in, for helping us uh, throw these fun competitions, man. Some people have really made some changes in their lives. And uh, fuck, if you aren't happy looking in the mirror, join us. Learn some things. It's a, today's a good day to start. Don't fucking start tomorrow. Just if you are happy looking in the mirror, join us and teach us some stuff. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Um, you gotta if you put the mirror like if you lean it against the wall, you got like a full length mirror, and you lean it at the right angle, it it makes a big difference. So, I like turning <clears> the <throat> lights off. Yeah, well, you need dim light. You like you have one of those overhead lights with the two bulbs. You just put one bulb in instead of two. Dims the lights, and then <laughs> you and then you like tilt the. You get it a nice like you want it like a nice like seventy five degree angle, so it's more upper angle. Yeah, uh, it, it really plays off. So you can see everything. Yeah, it looks good. Hides the shadows. Um, and then moisturize. Did uh, <laughs> do you guys play any video games this week? <laughs> I did. What'd you play? I uh, played a decent amount of Destiny. Um, nice. I think we recorded. Uh, or I, I've beat the uh the 980 nightfall with ghost and nessie since we've recorded last so that yeah. was that was a lot of fun uh spent you know forever in there and got it done. no we talked about we talked that about last, last week. week yeah 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 because you got to the like the end boss oh, in like yeah. 17 minutes or whatever right but, and then took 57 minutes total so yeah, yeah. yeah so this week was more just uh i did a whole bunch of strike grinding finished off the pinnacle weapons and stuff like that did some baking but Really spent most of my time playing uh, The Witcher 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. You you had started that. Yeah. Uh, so have you progressed past the part that infuriated you the first time? I did. And I've got the combat down, and it's not infuriating me at all. So now I'm, I'm going to be done with that in the near future. Well, that makes me happy. And I'm also happy that at least one of us can pronounce that word correctly. It was a 50-50 chance. Uh, I'm glad I hit it this time. I, uh... I do not blame the the beers that I've been drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I no man, I'm I'm very tempted to get back into The Witcher myself. Like as I was saying pre-show, I'm 
on episode, I think I only have episode eight left of my second watch through of the Witcher TV series. And I'm pretty certain I'm going to do a third watch through because uh, like watching it just this time, I picked up so much more that I'm like, fuck, I want to watch it again because it's it's really good. Like, I don't know how people gave this, this series a bad review, man. It's like really fucking good. Well, we'll be talking about it next week, so I, uh, I guess I started, I started playing Witcher Three. Yeah, did you? On, uh, yeah, I started on Xbox. I only played the first like a couple hours, so I'm only on like the like just where you get past the where you have to get dressed for the Emperor and stuff like that. So you so killed I'm the Griffin already, though. Killed the Griffin. Oh, yeah. spoiler! Spoiler! Oh, it's only that's only like the first couple hours. The there, there's a whole bunch of Griffins in the game. Yeah. I'm sure it's oh, spoiler it's, alert. It's, it's like the tutorial, the hour and a half to two hour tutorial mission i think yeah that's the and uh last episode i said that i had the witcher and i was thinking about donating it to someone who has xbox um that's going to chuck so uh chuck remind me tomorrow i got i got a game coming your way buddy excited yes i'm playing that um yeah i'll I'll give it a shot you know i was thinking about it i was like you know like i just want a game that could just turn on and dick around i don't know like i think like like i played destiny this week I, i played more this week than i have in the past two and a half, three months, like in terms of like one week, <laughs> but yeah, I, I played an A PVP with Briz, and then last night I played um, Farm Some Nightfalls with Ghost and Nessie, and uh, yeah, but yeah, I, and I also did the uh, the sundial thing, so I can actually unlock the art uh, the artifact because trying to do stuff with barrier champions without the ability to break their barriers is very frustrating. <laughs> Not fun. It's not fun. If you just can't do it, they're like, no, you actually have to pay, play like 20 to 25 minutes of PVE to actually be able to do that. And thank, thank God like you're able to do that in the first column and I wasn't stuck grinding for fucking weeks to be able to kill one type of enemy that you see fairly often. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, I played a little bit and it was cool. I had a little bit of time. I took three days off this week, so hopefully we get to play a little bit more tomorrow. But yeah, it's fun. But I don't know, but I, uh, getting into The Witch would be cool just because I hear so many good things about it. I watched the series. I haven't gotten into a second watch through yet because I got into Watchmen. And once I'm done with that, I'll probably get The Witcher a second go around while I'm playing the third game. I I highly recommend it, man. It um Because of how they jump time and because some characters age more or less than they don't, and because things are subtle like like beards on people's faces or like like rough faces you know versus not shaved faces and things like that it can be you can miss a lot of the like the 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 comments and things that that they they very clearly make um to tell you like how much time has passed but if you aren't paying attention you can miss these things so i i think i kept up with that pretty good because like like nips had mentioned like originally you told us like the it it it, it jumps around like in terms of timelines like it's like it's, it's non-linear it doesn't tell one story from beginning to end it kind of tells different stories and it kind of jumps around different points in the in the history and um going into it that knowing it watching the whole thing paying attention to it and then afterwards i read this like there's like a reddit thread like breakdown like more or less like yeah like, like a yeah. cliff nose version of the world and the characters and the, and the different 
factions and kingdoms and so forth and how they all interplay with each other like it had a little bit of background lore that, that they didn't really go into in the actual series but overall like it gave me a better understanding like in hindsight of what i'd already seen i had i actually saved that same thread i bet i i don't remember if i posted it or just saved it for myself but it was in the r slash television subreddit i believe somebody posted yeah it. i i i definitely have it saved i was gonna wait till this watch through and then read it all and then watch it again i think um i yeah, like, just just from the intro like i just played the very beginning and like the intro cutscenes, like the introduce the characters in the game like to help me understand what was going on in that tv show just like like the basic characters like i'm like oh that's who that is um so that went a long way because i kind of watched the show. cinematography or cinematic in uh the witcher 3 yeah, yeah really. The two, the two battles was, are hitting each other. Way, let's just put it this way: I was a little confused. I was like, "There's two Jennifers in this game," <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but uh, or in the show in the game, I'm like, they really cast this poorly. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it helped. And with the Cer- Cersei, is that Siri, the little girl Siri? Yeah. Yeah. It's like just the characters and stuff kind of helped a bit. Um, yeah, that's that's why I want to pick up the game again. So, I. Uh, I think that there's probably a really good chance between this episode and the next episode that I'm going to buy it on Steam. So, we'll see. Um, I did not play any Destiny this week. I wanted to, but it just life happened. Um, I did play some Overcooked 2, though, with the kiddo. And, uh, and then she went to bed, and then I picked it up and played some by myself. And then I played more with her. That's a fun game, man. It's a really fun game. It's it uh, I it challenges you and uh, and Nips doesn't know this. He's just about to. He's just finding out now. But we are having a overcooked two um, drinking night at my house after snowboarding on uh, the twenty eighth in February, and uh, Milks is coming for sure, and maybe a couple other gamers from the from the area. All right, I'm looking forward so, to that. Also, so probably sm- looking forward to passing out at about six o'clock after trying to ski for the first time ever. Yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> snowboard all day, and then uh, and then we're gonna drink beer and play Overcooked at night. So it should be a good time. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. That's gonna be a fun trip. Um, also, uh, my daughter downloaded Minecraft uh, oh, this week. Yep, <clears throat> uh, she wanted it on her tablet, and uh, she had some Christmas money. And so I actually called Briz and I was like, hey, man, I'm like, I know you play a lot of Minecraft or your kids do. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep saying Minecraft. It's Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, did any of you kids play it on the tablet? You know, because I want to check, like, because I know you can get it on PC and everything else. So um, he went and grabbed his, his son and he's like, yeah, he plays it on the tablet. Let me go check and let me go talk to him. Uh, he's like, yeah, he has a really crappy tablet and it works fine. So we downloaded it and it was, I almost thought I was going to have to return it because like her tablet's like a refurbished one. It's not bad. It runs like a newer version of Android OS. Like it's a, got a decent hardware and everything, but the game kept like timing out and crashing before we could even get into anything. But once we got all the packets loaded and updated and everything, like it took two or three tries, but we finally got her got her on 
It was like a half an hour of fucking oh, stupid menu. Oh, yeah, man. I know, dude. I'm just sitting there like, I'm going to have to call Google tomorrow and get my money back because it won't even run on this tablet. Um, but I got it running, and now she's just running around doing shit. So I'm all about it. That's a great game for kids. My kid plays a great yeah. game for adults, too. Yeah, it's you know, it's pretty fun. My daughter had like interest in Minecraft. I don't know where it came from. Probably some, from some YouTube video or something. And she said, Daddy, I want Minecraft. I said, like, okay. Well, I was like, well, maybe I can download it on the Xbox. And that would give her like an idea of what to, like, like, like give her an intro into console gaming. You know what I mean? Right, right. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we can, we can do that. And I was like, I looked at it, okay. So before this, before we do this, let's see if she actually has an interest in this. So I, I pulled up just some YouTube, like basic tutorials and she was disinterested in all of 30 seconds. Just like, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, good thing I didn't like spend the money to download the game and do all that shit. You know, like try to learn it so I can show her. No, she just couldn't care less. Like, I don't know. I think she saw some like little short video blurb and her, her cousin plays it. And um, I think she just said, yeah, I want to play Minecraft. Like, okay. Let's do it. No, I'm pretty just... sure the only reason my daughter wants to play it is because the older kids at school play it. Yeah. And my kid just runs around. Thing. He just runs around and I don't even know what he's doing, but he's at it for like an hour. And I'm like, what did you do? He's like, I didn't really do anything. I'm like, okay. Yeah. She'd oh. bring it to me and she's like, I'm stuck. And I'm like, you are stuck. She's Hold like, up. no, I'm stuck. I can't get out. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, you can't get out. I'm like, let me show you how to get out. You got to build yeah. stairs. <clears throat> we um, we I finally put together that PC. Oh yeah, yeah. Christmas break, and uh, the first thing my kid wanted to do was install Minecraft. So I have like a seven hundred dollar machine that runs Minecraft at a thousand frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm like, let's put some other like higher. He's like, nah, I just want to play Minecraft. I'm like, all right. Uh, but he likes it because you can put mods on. So we figured out that whole system of all that kind of crap. And he's really, he is actually super happy because there's all kinds of shit you can do now. Um, it's, so it's keyboard and mouse, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm, like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know, dude. I have no idea what any of these buttons do. I'm like, you're on your own. And I like walk out of the room. And he figured it out all by himself. And now he's like proficient. Like, he's like as proficient as he is with a, with a controller. And I'm like, oh, man. So I have to get him to teach <laughs> me keyboard and mouse. I'm like, I think your right hand is mouse, left hand's keyboard, all right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, okay. And then I left him alone and he figured it out. But, um, but yeah, so that's, and that's anyway, so he's been playing that. And, uh, and I'd secretly downloaded, um, cause I have that Xbox, the game pass. So I got yeah, Halo, yeah. Halo Wars two, which is like okay. a real time strategy game. Cause you can't play this on console and I haven't played one in years. And I really used to, I used to love them. And so that's what I've, I'm kind of like messing around with that too. Um, oh, I, so, okay, here's a good thing. This is one last gaming thing is, um, uh, so for Christmas, my kid wanted, so, you know, we asked for stuff for Christmas and he was really late with kind of like what he, he wanted. Um, and so we got him a couple games and stuff. And then he'd been talking about the new Pokemon game, which is their sword and shield. So Pokemon right, right. makes two versions of games, like a sword and yep. shield that are like mostly the same, but slightly different. You get like what, like, <clears throat> like there's like seven or eight different versions of characters. It's just a couple, but mostly the same. Yeah. A couple of Pokemon yeah, yeah. are different. It's the same game. There's a couple of Pokemon that are different. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's like a big deal which one you pick. And so he had been talking about it. Like I walk him to school, and he's like, he'd been kind of talking about which version he wants. And I keep telling him, I'm like, well, I'm like, you haven't finished your last Pokemon game, so we're not getting a new one until you finish the last one. That's what I tell him every time. 
And then, uh, and then finally, like Christmas Eve, he's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, I really want Sword, Pokemon Sword. I think that's what he was saying. And I'm like, well, did you finish? Let's go, Pikachu, because like we're not, you know. And then so my wife's like, oh, she's like, she's like, like I want to get it for him. I'm like, I'm like, you know, we got him stuff. She's like, no, no, I, I want to make Christmas magical. She says, because he's like asking Santa for it. Like that's you know. So I'm like, fine. Yeah. I'm like. Like it's Christmas Eve. I'm like, you know what? You want to go get it? Go get it. It's that's cool. Uh, and I think it was so. Yes, for Pokemon Shield. So she runs out. I guess GameStop on Christmas Eve, and she comes back and she's like, "So I got this, and it's the other one, Pokemon Sword, Sword, or whatever, whatever yeah. the other one, whatever." What, what it was. Yeah. And she's like, "The guy at GameStop said that you know people, you know people like some people like uh, whatever." He said the guy at GameStop said that this is actually like the better version because it has better Pokemon in it. So it's like the not the one he asked for, and then um, and then like we're like Christmas Eve. Then later that night, we're driving to my aunt's house, and we're in the car, and it like comes up again the Pokemon thing. I think she brought it up because I was like, I'm like that's not what he asked for, but and uh, and he's like, you know, he's like a lot of people say like Shield's better, but he's like, but I really want Sword because it has this one Pokemon you can't get anywhere else in it, you know. <laughs> and so no. she is like. Oh no! Like so the whole night, she's like really upset, and I just kept thinking about like how classic it is that like, like you ask your mom. Like growing up, we would ask our parents for games, and then they would go to the game store, and the game store would sell them the wrong game. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd open up, and it's like, you know, it's instead of like Bone Storm, it's like Lee Trevino's like Challenger, or whatever, right? And, and I'm just yes. like, and so I'm laughing yes. at her all night. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is like classic Christmas. You bought them the wrong game because like, this, this is like this is what Christmas is all about, you know. <laughs> and she anyway, but uh, anyway, so he and so he opened it up and he was like, he was okay with it, but it was pretty funny. She was really, she was like, oh, I don't know, like I, you know, but uh, I, that's a good. I just love that story. That's of, um, that's pretty classic, dude. The mom being talked out of the correct game by game store GameStop employee <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Uh, Nips, can you do me a favor? Yes, sir. What is the end of that that <laughs> Simpsons episode where they're playing? Do you remember the quote from the game when they're when they're playing the game and he's like, "You've chosen the like oh, how it ends." Yeah, I don't remember. You've chosen the <sighs> one wood, I think, you, or the driver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, oh, I haven't so even good. played anything yet. I'm just putting in my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much, uh, dude. Uh, Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. <laughs> so why did you why did you uh, let her go to GameStop when you could have just downloaded it? Because she wanted him. We wanted something that he could unwrap. Oh, can't unwrap Santa. a download, that's right. Fluffy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted something to unwrap, and then yeah, forever lose in the drawer where all the games are that we can't find. Where's your Where's your sense of creativity, man? <laughs> Santa gives you a token that says this token allows one free download on Nintendo Switch. I, look, if it was up to me. We would have been like. You can live with Luigi's Mansion, kid. Mr. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Weeks, he's like, I want this. I'm like, you gotta, like, you can't get new Pokemon until you finish old Pokemon. And you've got like 800 more Pokemon to catch, so. <clears throat> I did play eight hours of Gwent on my laptop on Sunday, too. Which uh, worked out really well for me. It's fun to be playing on a computer instead of the Xbox, because the Xbox controller was not ideal for it. The only problem is... uh it slowly kills my computer and I didn't reset or restart between the time I got done playing Gwent and the time I jumped on uh, distinguished gentlemen to record with them. So my mm-hmm. computer definitely blue screened right in the middle of that episode. 
Oh, that's so awesome, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to that. I was, uh, I was, I told you guys, but I was listening to the to the album when I had my free time. So that's another thing I need to do this week after this edit. It's uh, what is it? It's the JC Jesse's wife's boyfriend's podcast. I think is what it's called now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. from the tower. From the tower. Yeah. Um. So, guys, uh, I have something coming from the tower, and that is questions from our good friend Stu over at DTP. Oh, should God. we uh, should we dive into it? I guess we better get going. We're starting to hit that two-hour mark, so. Oh, oh dude, with this edit, it's going to be like five hours. Okay, <laughs> question for the show. If we use a detergent to clean our clothes, does that mean that dirty clothes are the detergent in nature? Hence... Do we need to detergentify them? See? Example, our detergent cleans the detergent clothes. Then we wear them and <laughs> retergent them all over again. I'm going to say D. Stu is way too high to be sending any questions. <laughs> yeah. T- don't smoke and tweet. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think you should be able to do laundry anymore, Stu. <laughs> I, I wrote I, I wrote back to him so much weed has been smoked <laughs> uh, part two of the question for the show <laughs> okay in the 1993 smash hit of the summer uh, I'm sorry. In 1993, the smash hit of the summer, I like to move it, move it. The mad stuntman of real to real fame proclaims the quote, I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. One, do you also like to move it, move it? Or the singular let more pronounced or singular yet more pronounced move it. Please state there is an (laughs) exclamation point there. Uh, So is it more sufficient in describing your love for moving the proverbial it and referencing therein? (laughs) So do you like to move it, move it, or do you like to move it? (laughs) Um, I disagree with the premise of the question because the 1993 song... It comes to mind is K seven come baby come was the song of that summer. Not I like to move it. Uh, the uh, the prosecution would like to uh, submit um, uh, evidence B uh, for the jury uh, ninety three till infinity by Souls. Oh shit! If you did not listen to fucking Souls of Mischief in nineteen ninety three, really, shut the fuck <laughs> up with that, dude. God it am. doesn't mean that it isn't the hit of ninety three. <laughs> Part two of the question. This is part three. So No, fuck. this is part two of the second part of the second question that he's asking. Uh, could you each do your best imperson- impersonation of the mad stuntman declaring his love to move it? I could. So each of, yeah, each could. of you need to do this chorus. The, I could the, do the, uh, does the question say can you? Yeah. Could each of you impersonate the mad stuntman declaring his love of moving it. I absolutely could. Yeah, I could. Will I you? could do it too. Please. That's going to be no for me, dog. <laughs> I could do it, but I won't. Mm. <clears throat> I would personally like to thank Stu for writing in questions to our show. They mean a lot to us. 
And, um, oh shit, we got some from Briz too. Let's go to those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, question for the show. (laughs) At Chuck, at Chuck likes pizza is really good with the scout rifle. Why doesn't he use it more? This is a proven fact from the two games we played New Year's night. Um, because that goes against my desire to play the way I want to play, which is just hold forward, just hold forward <laughs> the entire time and just shoot this people. Is true. Shoot people on the way while you're holding forward. I was forced to use a scout rifle for a bounty, or a couple of bounties, and um, so you have to play more passive and more calculated and deliberate. No, that's not my. I don't like to play like that. That's not fun for me. So yeah, that's my answer. Just hold forward. You can't hold forward this guy right He doesn't want to be a bitch. Uh, question from uh, Brisbane. Do you prefer a blue or black pen when writing? Cliff. Um, blue or black? You know, when I pick, I oftentimes I like to write with a red pen, actually. Red felt, like red felt tip, fine tip, felt pen. Mm. Um, Chuck? Black. Nope, that's all you get, Cliff. Cutting you at red. Sorry. Also black. I like a nice. Uh, I like a nice flow to my pen, though. No, no cheap shit. So first, I'm going off a of quality of pen. So cool. That was I'll almost take, the question. I'll take quality first, color second. You're cool. I like to choose my pens by their content of their ability to write versus the color of their ink, too. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Cliff and I are like on uh-huh. the same level here, guys. I, I'm uh, entirely sure you followed his <laughs> reference. <laughs> I totally didn't even hear what he said. I was reading Bruce's next question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Uh, Briz, someone once told me that I shouldn't buy the greatest hits album because it wasn't how the artist intended it to be listened to. Is it better to buy an album with a few songs that you know you'll like uh, or like it because the, or the it holds the artist's vision the way they intended it versus like a greatest hits album um, that has a lot of songs that you know you like? Mm. I say the point is moot because it's streaming playlist and the ability to pick whatever songs that you want to hear off of any album and make your own playlist, make your own greatest hits album. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't buy albums. I would say if I was buying an album, I would buy not a greatest hits now because it'll give me a chance to, you know, listen to stuff that I would never listen to as I was going through. There's some really good I mean, ones. There's, I mean, there's some really good ones like, like the uh, the best of Pete Rock Seal Smooth the Good Life compilation, like takes all the best Pete Rock Seal Smooth. Um, the, that one does really well because like I went back through and listened to all their individual albums and yeah, did they cut out the fluff appropriately? And that's a good one. But otherwise, no. Like I don't think it's great. Follow up question: Do you guys feel that the artists have at least a small hand in contributing to the greatest hits album? Um. I'm going to say no, it's probably the record label just trying to make money. You know, um, 
oh, not yeah. necessarily at all like the like the exact opposite well we're depending on what type of compilation like you know all those um greatest hits albums or compilations that you see like the commercials for yeah the sound like the like the love ballads of the 90 uh, like the like 80s 80s love songs or whatever you know, like all those ones and you have to like call the number to order that compilation those are done not by the um record label at all like the way they the reason why you have to order them is that there's a, a specific fee you have to pay for the licensing of the song to to be able to produce somebody else's music and, and physically produce that onto a medium and sell it there's just a flat rate you have to pay you just hmm. have to pay the specific flat rate for the rights to be able to do that and so so you can't make a million but that's copies. a compilation that's not like a greatest hits album no, but the same thing with like, Greatest I Hits, think- it's the same premise, though, like with the Greatest Hits that you see like on those, those commercials for. It's like this this third party can basically, they, they can't pay outright to, to make a million copies. They pay to make the exact amount that they need. That's why they have that model of advertising on TV. So that, Right, so- but if, if they came out with like Prince's Greatest Hits, do you think... Like assuming he was alive. I was gonna say I don't think Prince is any. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I chose a bad example, but like (laughs) assuming that he was alive when it was released. People, man, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like okay. If they made a Lizzo's greatest hits album, do you think? Uh, Okay, fuck. All right. Well, we'll just. I I see what you're saying. We'll move on. Uh, Last question, Laz. This is directly for our buddy Cliff. My wife and I are purchasing Super Mario Maker 2 this weekend. Oh, good Does choice. Cliff have any suggestions on how to get the maximum amount of fun out of the game when we both play? Uh, first of all, congratulations on buying the best game that came out this year. Early. Second year. of all, be naked while you play it. Um, well, clothing's optional, I would say, but keep the you know shades drawn either way. Um, yeah, so the... Uh, I think so. The trick to that game, so it, it that game reminds me a lot of Destiny early on, because there is it's actually kind of a social game because you play levels that other people make. So there's like that relationship you have, like even if it's like random or whatever, like some dude makes a level you play it, and um, so in that way it's a social game. And Nintendo refuses to allow people to like communicate or talk to each other or connect in any way online. So you have to kind of like go outside of the game to find kind of cool levels to play. And interact with people. So I would recommend checking out like the Mario Maker Reddit. There's like two of them. You just like Google it or whatever. And that's a good place to go. And if you want to find levels to play that are fun, go there and find them. You could post a thing saying, I want to, you know, someone give me. So if you're playing with your wife, there's, you can play co op levels. Like you play both at the same time. And people build levels for co op play where you have to like work together. And so you can go on and say, hey, give me co op levels that are not super hard and like a million like, sweaty people will like post codes in your thing to ask you to play the level. So that's a good way to kind of find stuff to play. Um, the other side of that is depending on, I, I don't know how your relationship with your wife is. If you're like a highly competitive couple, uh, you could certainly build levels for one another uh, to try to like, you know, like you could build a level that like you could beat, but she can't things like that, which isn't, or that she could beat that you can't to try to, you know, assert your dominance in gaming, things like that. That's always fun. Um, and uh, otherwise, I'd say, you know, check out uh, YouTube stuff that people put out and you can kind of see all the different kinds of things because that game has a, a tremendous amount of depth. Because um, <laughs> that game has a, a tremendous amount of depth 
uh, to it that you can learn about. Um, it's not as simple as it seems. Oh, and uh, they added a Link costume, so make a bunch of Zelda stuff because the Zelda Link costume is kind of awesome. So those would be my, my recommendations. Uh, look outside the game for levels to play and people to play with, like Destiny, using Reddit. And you can DM Cliff. He is in the uh, Discord, and he can always direct you. Yeah, I can point links. you. And, you know, check out. So I've actually even been watching Twitch. I never was into that kind of stuff. And I've been, like, watching Twitch and, like, talking to streamers and, like, joining Discords and kind of shit to, like, interact. It's a weirdly social game for a game you play all by yourself in a dark room. Um, it's just fairly bizarre. So check it out. Anyway, that's it. Cool. Uh, that'll be fun. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, I think we've hit the five-hour mark for tonight, boys. So <laughs> should, we, uh, <laughs> should, we, should we wrap this shit up? Oh, uh, Jesus. It's late. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Cliff's going to be getting, and the best, getting up in about two hours to go to work. I'm going to go take a shower the best part and is, put on some, uh, some khaki pants. I'll see you guys. The best part is that's from our end. These, these fools have to listen to this plus all my edits that I put in. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, I just want to shout out uh, everyone in the community. Uh, we got an email from Podbeam this week or today. Actually, I shared this with Nips, but no one else got to see this. Uh, for 2019, we had... 52 episodes, 9,651 downloads, with which roughly equals 186 downloads an episode. Nice. So thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. This is really awesome. Thank you for supporting us. I expect better better uh, listen botting in 2020. No, no, you know mm-hmm. what? No, you guys still got to take like the fantasy focus football podcast motto and say we don't care about the listening. Just download. That's all you got to do. Just download. We just want to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. download listening optional, but make sure you download. Um, so if you're listening to this, don't worry about it in the future, but make sure you continue to download. Just right, yeah. right. No, no, it's super awesome, guys. So thank you, thank you for an awesome year, yeah. and uh, we hope to uh, we hope to deliver uh, more subpar. Uh, listening so for wait, you in 2020. So that those Podbean numbers of that like include iTunes because that where it's sourced from. Or I have no idea. Honestly, I would assume so, uh, but it's all RRS feed. So so you just post uh, it, post it to Podbean, and then they take it to ship Pod, it. Yeah, yeah. They they uh, iTunes and Spotify and Google Play pull it from Podbean. Not to. Uh take us off the topic or finishing up here, but what the hell is an RRS feed? It's a link that I post in the other places and it pulls our, is it RSS? Yeah. Are you, are you just making fun of me? <laughs> yeah, I am. God damn <laughs> I don't normally drink beer, man. I'm a lot of beers into this episode. Like, give a, give a guy a break. <laughs> like, no one would have known except for us. Uh, fuck <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> alright well thanks for supporting the show at least you guys support us <laughs> My we support if you need to get a hold of me I'll be crying in the corner with all the stupid things that I said this episode yeah, <laughs> regretting yeah, life yeah. <laughs> no I'm just kidding uh, Chuck and Cliff um, give us your your 
pitch your pitch your fucking movies or whatever the hell you guys are doing in 2020. Um, I'm just gonna say go download the new Wake Self album because it's mm. dope. It's called. Oh, is it out? Is it on Spotify? Do you yeah, know? Yeah, it came out yeah, yeah. Uh, on Friday. They had Sweet. like the official album release party. It's crazy. They actually sold out. It was a trip. They sold out, and it was a packed house and that support. And that night at midnight, they released the album on all streaming platforms. So yeah, Wake Self ready to live. Go check it out. Download it. Support, awesome man! I can't wait homies. to listen to it. That's cool. It's Hell good. Yeah. It's good. Oh yeah, dude. It's like genuinely good. Like I didn't expect it. It's like a different vibe, a little bit, but um, it's this fucking swan song. That shit's fucking great. You did great. I'm super excited for new music. I am very excited, especially after the last album of his I listened to. Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, Cliff, I don't. I don't have anything. <laughs> Perfect. So nips at Admiral Nips on Twitter. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Thank you for buying t-shirts, mugs, stickers, mouse pads, all the other stuff. We really appreciate it. It allows us to give back to the community. And next week is Witcher. Yeah. If you've stuck with us for six hours now, uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of the Witcher uh, series next week. So get your watching in before the next episode. Yeah, get your shit in. It's going to be good. And then expect to go buy the game because you're going to want to. It's free on Game Pass. Thanks, guys. Free on Game Pass. Yeah, hey. There you go. Go play it. All right. Good night, everybody. GG's.